0: what's good sitters this is Bradford Douglas along with Joey Edge sitters what's good and Chris Martinez hey what's up man and we got coach Hosford in the house a little special guest
1: I guess he's not even a special guest anymore yeah he's uh he's a regular regular yeah he's just he's just hanging on the front porch like he uh like he belongs here
2: yeah just a sitter
1: yeah hey uh while we're while we got you here not you Hosford but the world the sitters need you to go by JW weaponry Mention the front porch, get your 5% off, uh, or give them a call at 386-243-8587. You can visit jwweaponry.com. Go buy, see them. Good people. Great prices. Yep. Hook per yourself up.
2: Per usual, per usual. Well well done by you. You're a pro at that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I try hard.
2: 58, 58 episodes in.
1: Should be pretty good at 59. This is 59. 58 is was the Kirkman interview. Oh, man. I got to title. This
2: Change the title. Oh, <laughs> but uh yeah man make sure you like subscribe subscribe is probably the most important so it's on your phone as it drops um but any retweet or like is is uh,
1: very much so appreciated but um we can go ahead and get into it what do we have tonight uh well, of course we're going to talk the last dance I'll be honest this is my fault because I was supposed to play I was supposed to upload uh last week's beginning part and I never did so we're going to talk Episodes one, two, three, and four of the Last Dance. It'll probably just be a, a synopsis of all of them instead of breaking each one down. Yeah. Um, and then NFL draft, and then we ha- we do have some uh, college football stuff we're going to get into a little bit at, at, after that. So, I'm I'm glad you took some ownership there. That was uh, I'm impressed. It's a new leaf.
2: I mean, yeah, I could tell. I'm turning it over. We're going to see how it goes. It pains you a little bit. A but, touch. Mm-hmm. So basically, what happened was last week episode we ended up when we finished recording it was like two hours and 45 minutes obviously we are not going to drop the whole thing so we broke it into two parts the draft and the last dance and then the Kirkman interview yeah we just never got around to actually dropping the um
1: Our, our conversation
2: our conversation yeah without mike
1: but because because Mike's interview was so good, I thought I thought he did such a tremendous job. I didn't want to I didn't want to dilute that with me and you talking, no offense to us.
2: No, no, we, we did the right thing. We just did it. It didn't need to all go on one episode right. and a half hours is way too long. Yeah. But we're going to go ahead and handle it today.
1: Absolutely. We are.
2: So I'll go ahead and throw it to you first. As far as like the last dance, we got Coach Hosford here with us to talk about MJ,
1: in his in his two three jersey right now, actually,
2: no, have
0: not worn this in a long
1: time. <laughs> Just for you guys,
2: we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you go ahead and start off, kind of um, introduce it for us. What what is the last dance, Joey? So,
1: so the last dance is uh, it's it's a Chicago Bulls documentary. It's not a Michael Jordan documentary, but obviously Jordan's is the he's the main attraction. And it's uh, Phil Jackson alluded to it um, in the first episode about it being the last dance because they all knew that the 97-98 basketball season was their last season together. That was Phil Jackson's last season as a coach. Michael Jordan had already said he wasn't playing for another head coach. Scotty, you know, Pippen was, was his own ordeal. And so everybody knew that this was, quote, the last dance. So that's what this documentary is about, the 97-98 the season. But it also goes back and kind of gives you a, a, a look into each of their lives um, leading up to that moment. And, and just a whole bunch of other stuff that has so far been very, very good entertainment.
2: So, I have a question for you both. I know we've all watched every episode, but big picture, like overall, do you guys like how the episodes have been broken up or how it's been done in, I wanna say chronological order, because it's not, but how it's been produced, like how it's been put together?
1: Me and you talked about this last week when nobody could hear. Um, <clears throat> I found it a little, a little hard to follow at first. Um, as I, as I'm watching it now, like I, I can, I can correlate and go back and forth and, and kind of, I'm, I'm okay with it. I know you're not as a big of a fan. Like you, you don't like how it skips back and forth from here to there, which I can understand and appreciate too. But for me right now, I'm, I'm okay with it because now I know that what to expect, I guess.
2: I'll answer it and then I'll throw it to coach. So like for me, I was, I was born in 89. Right. So, A lot of this stuff I've never seen before. I don't even—not even that I don't remember it. I just didn't even know it. It happened. So when they're bouncing around like that, it is a touch confusing for me. And bigger, like to the bigger point, I don't think it's necessary because the content is so good. Like, you know, one of my friends said it's um, masterful storytelling. Yeah, and maybe so, but it doesn't need anyone could read how this thing played out and everyone's going to watch and listen. It would just be a little bit easier to follow along instead of having to connect dots and okay, we're here now. Okay. We're, because there's no official, like there's no official, like, okay, now it's they will be like a little, a quick scroll on the bottom, like 93. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, that's the only, the content is amazing. Like what is actually being discussed and talked about? It's un, I'm, unchar- I've never seen anything like that. The closest thing we have is hard knocks now but that's what's happening now. This is like – this is so far removed from what was actually taking place. I just – it would be easier to follow along.
0: Right. And I think when you said being born in 89, that that's it. I was born in 78. So, you know, I was five years old when in 83 when Jordan was really becoming the man, just taking over the NBA, just starting. And so, when they jumped back, I, I remember – I don't remember the shot at Carolina, but I remember – You know, about 84, 85, I'm getting six, seven years old. And we had WGN and TBS. Right, yeah. Those were your sports. Yeah, yeah. I was a Bulls and a Cubs fan. And so I fell in love with Jordan before he started winning championships. So when they bounced back, I I remember those moments. I I remember uh, a little bit of him, uh, the the Celtics game when he had the 63. I I remember a little bit, not a lot, but – by the age, I remember about everything from age eight on. And so <laughs> it's, um, it's been unbelievable watching it. And I like how they kind of bounce back and forth. because they'll show you something and then they'll take you back. And I think the, it makes that uh, the 98 mean even more when they go back to 84 and show what he did. It's been it's unbelievable. I was so excited. And it's even better than I anticipated.
1: I think one of the reasons I, I don't mind them skipping back and forth, because if they started from, you know, episode one and they showed Michael Jordan and how he came up and then Scottie Pippen and how he came up and then Dennis Robin, and they did, you know, that kind of hold that sequence like that, I think it would be a little bit not boring. That's not the right word, but it wouldn't be quite as uh, engaging for everyone, I think.
2: And that's a good point. As soon as you said it, I was like, okay, yep, I got I got it because they're at different points in their career. So right. had you gone in chronological order Dennis Rodman, he doesn't pop in at all. It, you know, he's with the with the bad boy Pistons. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I did not even know that. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Did
0: you know he went to the Spurs? Did you know he went to the Spurs after the Pistons?
2: No, not until I watched episode and three. I, and I remember four. that being
0: a bust. I remember that just being turmoil. I mean, he was there, and I think he did it, but it was yeah, it wasn't welcome there.
2: That's crazy. I didn't, I don't remember any of that then.
1: I completely forgot about that. I like once I saw it, I was like, oh man, because I was what was that ninety. 93 94 whenever he went there cuz he didn't yeah. get to he didn't get to Chicago till what 96
0: Yeah, it was it was early 90s when he left the Pistons.
1: Yeah. See, I completely, I mean just never I, I don't know, I didn't remember. I was only 7 or 8 at the time, but that you know, that's, that's that's all I did at that time in my life was watch sports. Um but I I didn't I had completely blocked that out of my memory that he was a Spur for a couple of years. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and I I remember the uh, the Detroit Pistons uh, Pistons when they, I mean, and they beat him up. You know, hearing John Sally say, you know, the you can see the respect he had, not just because he's a great player, but he lived through what we did to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and that's, you know, and I guess my age, with some of the kids now when they talk about the game, the game is different. I 100%. mean, the, game, the game's different. And the pounding that he took then, and, um, you know, I read something this week they showed, because uh, when Jordan finally said, I got to get in the weight room. If, this, if they're going to do this to me, I've got to get stronger. They said, Jordan, zero championships before the weight room, yep. six championships after the weight room. Yep. And so a strength and conditioning coach was pointing yeah, that out.
2: I saw that. Every strength and conditioning coach in America is like, look at this. Yeah. Y'all look at this. Yeah. No, I, I want to get to the Pistons, but I want to go with like first, like episode <laughs> one, like, because I do want to talk to Jordan rules because I want to ask you. I got some questions I want to ask you. With you being a basketball coach, like, would well, they legitimately had the Jordan rules? Yeah, which was pretty cool. They shed some light on it. I have a feeling they probably didn't go into that as in depth as they they the, as they, it really was in real life. They showed professionalism yeah. and didn't air their coach out or whatever. Right. But like, I didn't realize that Roy Williams was at North Carolina as an assistant coach for a long time. I did not know that. I had no idea. But we talked about it the, last week. But one probably my favorite thing from the first two episodes was when Roy Williams was on air and he goes, and he's coached a lot of basketball players, but I've never seen somebody that can turn it on and turn it off. And then he goes, and he never turned it off. Right? Yeah. Talking about MJ. That was that really stuck with me because I was like, Roy Williams, he's, he's saying this now. He has coached some freaking players I mean right. That, that really stuck out Play. stood out to me when a coach like that said something like that.
0: I don't remember if it was on the last dance or I, I listened to him on a couple of Colin Cowherd shows, but he was talking about how uh when he said the part where the a coach called they were having a camp and somebody said, Hey, we got a kid in Wilmington you want to look at and you know the first day, uh, he's pretty good, but but by a couple of days into the camp, he's the best player I've ever seen in my life. You know, I mean yeah. He, yeah. he just had that impression on you, it, it didn't take much and he was talking uh, on that show also about his work ethic. They Mm -hmm. would rotate. They had a couple different gyms at camp. Uh, I don't don't think he said this in the last dance. I think it was on the uh, ESPN show I was listening to, but they they would rotate groups through because they had so many kids from camp. Rotate them through, but after Jordan's group came through and he he got to see him, you know, he told everybody to leave and told him, you you can stay, and kept him in there and wanted to watch him (laughs) some more. So they they let him keep staying. Well, then it was time to go back to the dorms, and and so they went back and – Next thing you know, Jordan's back in the gym, wanting to work some more. Mm. All the other campers are headed out, but no, I want to be in the gym. And so he said, "Of course, we we'll let him stay." And he he said, "And then I I didn't make him walk anymore. I gave him a ride back to his door. <laughs> he, was right then, he, he was trying to get him to commit
1: right then." Yeah, of course. Naturally, I would too. Yeah. Um,
2: you had a quote or uh, something that Roy said that you that stood
1: stood out to you, right? Yeah, he <clears throat> when he was talking about. Uh, talking about Jordan like the first the I don't know it was when he first got to UNC and he and he said uh he said you know Jordan came up to him and was like coach I'm going to be the best player that's ever played here mm-hmm. and Roy was like oh, you're going to have to work as hard as harder than anybody's ever worked and he's like coach I work hard and he said I don't think you heard me I harder than anybody's ever worked and and he said Jordan looked at him and said you'll never see anybody work harder than I work yeah. and he said and for the next 3 years I didn't like yeah. it, it's just crazy to me that Jordan like, the, the desire to be – like, he truly, from day one, wanted to be the best that's ever lived. And, and to me, he succeeded.
0: Well, yeah, and, I mean, he's and, just an animal. Well, and you, you can hear – when you hear all these different players talk about him that played mm-hmm. in his era, um, the, and I think that's what separates him because there's, there's talent now, but there there's nobody that competed like him. The, the fire and what – you know, Scotty Pippen helped him, and Jordan said it. You can't mention Michael Jordan without mentioning Scotty Pippen. That's right. But you mm-hmm. can also see through this this show that Scotty Pippen would not have been the player that he was if he wasn't around Michael Jordan. Yep. The competitive edge that Jordan had that, that taught Scotty. Like for you to be great, this is what you this is what you have to do.
2: Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I thought they, they actually illuminated that whenever they talked about here in the most recent episode where they said he realized he had somebody in Scotty. He just knew that he needed to let Scotty know that he had his back. Right. And that was but that was huge. Cause then then Scotty gained confidence and then Scotty became a top fifty player all time. We maybe more. I, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. But I mean, I, I just thought it was I think this content is like I don't it's just unheard of. I I just I've never seen anything like this, this in depth, this much going on. I it's just almost wonder what compelled them to film all this back then
0: well they didn't they say that they gave somebody all access and, and uh, did, at the time where they think in one day this is going to be air because what's made it reminded me of is the the dream team documentary i don't know if you guys saw the the one and if you haven't not seen it it was a 30 for 30 but there was something on the, the dream team I, if you have it when you I get done so. doing this tonight or in the morning, <laughs> that's a must watch too because that that's great but there's uh, they had a camera crew follow the dream team around and they, they finally released the footage of the practices. And when you think back to that dream team, you're talking about the best players yeah. maybe ever. Oh, I mean, yeah. You got bird, you got magic, you mm-hmm. got Jordan, you got David Robinson. I mean, you,
1: Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah,
0: I mean, it was just Carl Malone, John Stockton. Oh, I mean, mm-hmm. it was just hall of famer after hall of famer. And <laughs> they showed that, um, you know, that was at a time when, I think it was 92 ish when, uh, that Magic and Bird were still people. Jordan was there, but Magic and Bird had been the guys. Jordan was starting to pass them, and they both said it's his time. They had a practice where uh, Jordan and Magic were going at it, and they stopped practice, I guess, and said, pick the teams. You, here we go. And <laughs> by the end of it, they both said, he's he's the man. But they showed footage of that practice, and they held onto this for years, hmm. and they finally released it in this documentary about the, the Dream Team. But it's um, it's like they – they, they videoed it for a reason, but to hold on to it, I mean, you're talking 20, 20 years and all of a sudden now we're going to show this. I, yeah. They were waiting for the coronavirus. coronavirus and <laughs> we'll wait till the right
2: time to do it and we'll make a lot of money. I mean, it's crazy because I don't know any sports fan that isn't tuned in on a Sunday. All my friends, everyone that I know is watching that.
1: And there's Sunday. literally, like you said, there's not one sports fan that I know that's not watching well, right I'm now.
2: S- yeah. Well, they're I'm not, scared. they're not a sports fan. Exactly right. That's, that's exactly right.
0: Not, there's nothing else yeah
1: yeah I'm I've,
2: scrolling through Twitter and literally everything is <laughs> the documentary
1: right from from nine to eleven there's yeah. i mean I, we're we're I'm sure we follow close to the same people, but yeah. it's the same stuff like the whole timeline is nothing but the last dance, this the last dance that, and it's it's warranted
2: was there anything on the first and second episode that you wanted to touch on
1: um the fact that in nineteen eighty four Jordan's rookie year, uh Bob Knight said that he was the best player that he's ever seen, yeah. That, that was, I thought that was it. That was that was amazing to me. Like you're talking about a guy that's what was it, 20 22 years old maybe at the time, and Bob Knight, who at that time was was probably regarded as the best coach in, in the game. And then he says, you know, I, I've seen a lot of guys do this. I've seen a lot of guys do this, But th- that, but Jordan did everything great. I mean, he didn't have a hole in his game. And to me, that makes him the best player in the world. I was like, oh my god. See, that's I think, crazy.
2: I think that's the biggest credit. You, you touched on it earlier, Trey, when you said, like, how his peers view him. Like, that is – or coaches like Roy Williams, Bob Knight. If you ask anyone, they'll all say the same thing. But those are just the, those are some of the ones we've heard. Doug Collins. Like, the list goes on. Phil Jackson. The list goes on. Mm-hmm. Like, how your peers talk about you. Not fans. Not reporters. People that have played the game, that are playing the game or coach the game, put you in the highest regard. It makes somebody like me, or you know, the casual fan. My opinion can it matters to me? But when those guys are saying that, that's next level. You know, like that. That is the argument. If you're a Jordan fan, but okay, you can feel that way, and you analysts can feel that way. But when these, when your peers hold you in that highest esteem, uh, that should almost ends the argument
0: for well, me. He, his brand. You, I mean, you think about it. I mean, his. He hasn't played the game in 20 years. Hmm. I mean, I don't remember what his last year was, but we're talking, yeah. you know, 20 years. And uh, he's still the number one guy. Yeah. You know, they, they had something out the other day. They uh, showed a listing of shoe sales from last year. You take uh, you know, Kobe, LeBron, Steph, um, all the shoes out there, Jordan sold more of his. <laughs> yeah. You know, when there was a phrase, and probably before you guys even um, – the, the commercial, be like Mike. Right. You know, yeah. so if, if you were a, a a baker, you know, you bake – you're the Michael Jordan of baking. <laughs> right. you know, you're, you're the landscaping – you're the Michael Jordan of landscaping. But, I mean, that was a phrase. And, um, you know, there's still nobody like that that, that, that does it all. I mean, he's, he's the best.
2: No, I, I totally agree. So, we'll go ahead and roll into last night or this past episode, week's yeah. episode, with the Pistons. Like – him having to get over that hump. So the Jordan rules. Joey, when you played, did you have a coach that ever had – did you guys ever come across a player that there was like Jordan rules or anything like that? Because like in football, we absolutely break down film just like you guys did, I'm sure. But we game plan, and if there was ever someone as dominant as Michael Jordan, he would 100% be game plan. There would be – we played – Robert E. Lee had the quarterback noodle. Right. There were noodle rules. There was it wasn't. We can't be as violent because we couldn't get our hands on him. But <laughs> but there were rules. Like right, he was the quarterback for Robert E. Lee. If people don't know who Noodle is, but I, I lost sleep over that guy. Right.
1: But did you did you have any of that? I, I don't. I don't. I don't recall anybody.
0: I mean, there was a
1: kid from from Forest that that torched us a couple of times. But I don't. We didn't. We didn't do anything special with him. Coach Hosper put me on him a few times. I locked him up. But okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's another show. (laughs) Well, I forget the kid's name. I know he's talking about Singleton, Joseph Singleton. That's him. He aged out though. He didn't get to play in district, so he was he was older than everybody else we had. Yeah, he was he was special. He was special. He really was good. But yeah, there's I mean there's guys, but at at that level to hear them talk about it, I think is is a little different. And um, you know they didn't go into great detail, and you know I kind of got confused a couple of things the guy was saying. I think he's. He's aged a little bit, but they the main rule that you could tell by watching the game was if he got in the lane and left his feet, he didn't land on his feet. That's yeah. it. And that was that was it. You know, everybody's got, you know, fouls. Yeah. Use them wisely and, yeah. and make him pay. And I don't care who you are, if you're having to get up. I mean, it's just in football. Yeah. You would say, hey, hit him. Hit him every chance you get. Every and eventually chance. it's gonna wear. Eventually he looks over his shoulder or, you know, even the best, he leaves his feet to go in for a layup. Now he's worrying about how I'm going to land on the floor. Right. So, th- I think that was the main thing that the Pistons did. They just beat the heck out of him.
2: I think it was John Sally. He was one of the like the big men. Right. He said that – I think it stuck out. It stood out to me. But he said something to the effect of as long as he was on the ground, he was mortal. But if we let him get in the air. There was nothing any of us could do. Yep. And I, I was like, damn, man. This is a professional basketball player, champion. Yeah. This is the championship team that said this. Like Yeah. It just again when your peers say those type of things, that carries in my opinion the most, more weight than anything else.
1: I have to, I have to ask because it's, it's, it's a common trend on on the medias of social. Mm. Do you guys think either of you, and I'll answer it as well. Do you guys think that LeBron could handle the 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 way the game was played at that time?
0: Well, I think for me, the the one thing that LeBron has going for him is just his physical. I mean, he, he's you know, haven't seen a player built like him that can do the things he does. Right. But I don't know if mentally, and maybe if he would have came up during that time, it, it may have helped him, you know, get to that point. But, you know, there wasn't the, you know, I don't want to say whining, but the you can, the facial expressions. And a perfect example was in, in the last episode, one of the mm-hmm. last two episodes when, when Horace Grant got elbowed. And he went down and, and and was wanting to complain and wanting to hurt. And Jordan went and grabbed him and says, "As they see you hurting, yep, they win." You know. And well, he said some other things too, but that's.
1: It was the same with Scottie Pippen, that, and that, that's what Jordan said. He knew at when that, Robin that, pushed him. He, oh, yeah. yeah, he yeah. said, and Pippen didn't react. He he sat there for a second, didn't react, didn't say a word, didn't smile, didn't didn't have a facial expression. He said he got up. He said, and "That's when I knew." That this series was over. Yeah, we we were we were winning this one. Yep.
0: Yeah, I, and I don't. I, there's a lot of guys like watching the game now. Compared, but it's so. I mean, it's so different. So it's it's hard to say. Um, but the things that they let happen in the in the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, when they were showing these highlights, it, punches are being thrown. I don't think all those were rejections. I don't no. think any of those were ejections. Oh, we got a double foul. We got a side out of bounds, and so let's play some yeah. more. I mean, it wasn't.
2: They, they even said like they weren't even technicals. Like it was just, like you said, double foul, side out of bounds. Let's, yeah, let's go.
0: Yeah. So it, I mean, it was just a totally different game. It's the same thing with football. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it. Like now, what what they eject guys for in football? I mean, they got that they was got, celebrated. Yeah, they got bonus money for doing it <laughs> years ago. You know, <laughs> right?
2: No, I I agree. And to answer your question, Joey, as far as the LeBron thing. A, I want to say like I, you can say what you will about LeBron as a, you can't say what you want about him as a person. But like I don't, I, we'll get. I guess we'll get into that in a minute. I don't want to go into the LeBron MJ debate just yet. But like I hate, I don't understand LeBron like slander and hate. This is an MJ thing. That, like appreciate Michael Jordan. You don't have your time for LeBron. I guess everyone wants to com- oh, yeah. compare them. But like my thing to answer your question though. The LeBron, like what Trey said, he's, he's bigger. He's built for that type of basketball. Now, I don't think he can handle it mentally. And I think that's the biggest difference between him and MJ. It's not skill. It's not it's, – it's mentally in between the ears, like the competitiveness. There's no one that competes like MJ. I totally agree. But, like, when LeBron gets fouled, he gets fouled. The game yeah. is spread out a lot more. So, there's not as many people in the paint. So, when they foul LeBron, they just grab him. They bear hug him.
1: Because that's there's, the easiest way to stop him, yeah. yeah. There's
2: not, there's not three people where he's getting contact from somebody else or somebody else is coming across the top of his head because that's just not how the game is played. It's so spread out. But when he gets fouled, he gets fouled hard as hell. But, nope, it doesn't look like it because he's 6'9", right. 280.
0: It's the same thing when Shaq used – I mean, the, when Shaq would get hit. I mean, he – Shaq got – if it was a normal person in there, it's a, it's a felony. Yeah. But Shaq was <laughs> so big and strong that – but, you know, the, the LeBron – and I, I haven't done a lot of LeBron and Jordan, but let's say – LeBron's the number two player ever. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. Can we just say, hey, I appreciate. I mean, that, that we're we're even a- able to have this conversation that that he's done enough to say, maybe. I mean, yeah. that's 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 greatness. Yeah, that's, like uh, stop, yeah, uh, appreciate it.
2: Stop slandering him. Like I think it's weird. People take shots at LeBron, and I've got I've grown to where he's he's. It's hard for me to. Because I, I was pro LeBron big time, but as time goes on and and the the more I see him, not I don't want to say shrink, but not compete and and not and then I see stuff like this with MJ, where he was the ultimate competitor. It makes it hard for me to go to bat for LeBron, but I still will never try to discredit LeBron to try and prop MJ up because you don't need to. Right? He if, if that, you say MJ's the best, he's the best because he's the best, not because LeBron's not good.
1: Right, it's weird. It's great. It's weird to yeah, me. It's People that LeBron hate is so weird. That's kind of exactly why I asked the question because that's I mean that's how I feel. The, the way you both explained it, that's exactly how I feel. Like LeBron's ability, I think he the ability wise, I think he could have played in any era because he's a freak show. Yeah, he's ultra talented. He's he's huge, the most athletic specimen that's probably ever lived on this planet. So could he have played in that era? Yes, but Beautiful. like you guys said, mentally, I mean we'll, we'll never know, so it doesn't really matter. But I, I like you guys said, I, I think it's that I'm every time like you talked about earlier on Twitter, every time I see people talking about the documentary, it's it's somebody underneath it saying, Well, LeBron this, LeBron or or if somebody says, you know, something positive about LeBron, then somebody has to say something positive about Mike, like, why can't we just enjoy both of them? Right. And, so uh, and the same with is- Kobe's. Kobe's in the same category as those two.
2: Can, and could LeBron play in that era? We won't know because he didn't. He never had to. If he grew up playing that physical type of basketball, he who knows? Who it may have made him be more competitive, right? You know what I mean? Like I don't think I, I. I just think, like you said, it's it's two different eras. It's two totally different times. It's so hard. Could if LeBron mentally like had the same mindset as Jordan? I know that's a huge if, and that's not fair. Yeah. So let me backtrack off that, but. I think LeBron physically 100%. He might bully those guys in that time.
1: You're, you're not He's wrong. He's
2: bigger, stronger, and faster than them. I mean, if he could get over like the, the mental beating or the, the physical beating he would take, if he could handle that mentally, oh, my God, he might, he might bully them.
1: Nobody has the mindset of Jordan.
2: No, that's the thing. Nobody has the mindset of MJ. Yeah. Not, not to that level.
0: Well, one of the things that, that Colin Cowher was talking about that, that he got out of the first two episodes that he said, "I think it's great for for where we're at now with young people looking. Is what it took for Michael Jordan to be successful. It wasn't all given to him. You know mm-hmm. the, the old story. He got cut as a tenth grader. He didn't get cut from. I mean, he got cut from varsity. He made the JV team. Right. I mean, he still played basketball for his, his JV team. But it wasn't given to him as a tenth grader year on varsity. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to earn it. And then he, you know, comes into the league. And at that time, the, the second best player on the team is Charles Oakley." I mean, Charles Oakley, when he was with the Knicks, he was a a tough guy. But when he was with the Bulls, I don't think he was anything great. And so Jordan had to work for a long time to finally get to where he wanted to be. And, um, you know, just that it's not always easy. You have to overcome. He gets hurt, which they talk about could be career ending if you go back out there and he says, (laughs) send me back out there, you know. So. That was one thing that I really liked. That you know, nothing's handed to you. You got to work for it. You got to earn it. And and I think he did it for a whole career.
1: That was another thing I meant to mention about the uh, the first two episodes was whenever he got to the Bulls, you know, his, his first t- first week there, or whatever, he was like, you know, I, I'm a rookie. I I have no anything. I, I'm just just like everybody else. I'm starting fresh. He, he said, but I, I'm going to find who I think is the leader of this team, and I'm going at him every single day. And yeah. I freaking loved it, man. Yeah. Like not not with words, not with just I'm I'm gonna attack the way I attack, and I'm going after this guy because I know he's the alpha male, and that's who I want to be. Excellent.
2: Yeah, it wasn't gonna be because I make more, or because Coach holds me in higher esteem, or because I'm better. It's because no, I went at him. Right. I, I respected the hell out of that. I mean, uh, I mean, it's, it's on your TV right now. I just yeah. I just realized it's on. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to watch, but no, I just think. Like this whole documentary, you touched on a a bit. Trey was like the kids coming up now. I hope they see because I mean I came on the tail end of this. Like I grew up playing in the y'all with the Penny Hardaway jersey, the black and the black and pinstripe Magic jersey. Right, love Penny and Shaq and MJ. I I caught the end of that. So like I, I got to see some of the physical basketball. Like and not only the physical basketball, but like it wasn't as friendly. As today's game. Like yeah. We were still friends. He went and played golf, for God's yeah, sake. with, Danny, with Andy, Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. didn't. That's, that's cool as hell. Yeah, I didn't know but that either. Also,
0: when he got done playing golf, he said, tell your boy I'm coming for him tomorrow night. And he did. And he dropped 63. They <laughs> lost, but he dropped yeah. 63.
2: <laughs> exactly. So, like, the, the competition, like, we can, we can be boys, I guess, but it's, it's, like, on the court. I don't know. I, I just, I hope there's, I'm hoping maybe there's a, somebody coming at us, an elite athlete, immense talent. And it's like, oh, there's, there's, a, there's another way to play this game. Because now young kids, all they can see is it's like an old man saying "get off my lawn" kind of thing. But yeah, they see like LeBron and those guys all hang out all the time, they dap each other up. It's not they don't go at each other so much anymore. I, 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 I hope do. that competitiveness like comes back. Like I'm here to whoop your ass. I, yeah, we can be friends before the game. We can go play golf or whatever. But when the game starts, it's oh man, we. We, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens, but it, it just is what it is.
0: And they were friends. I mean, I know you know Bird and Magic were really close. Magic and Isaiah were really close. I mean, the thing was Magic and Isaiah used to kiss each other on the, uh, the cheek before the game. Yeah. I and mean, that's kind of weird too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah. but but, de- but yeah. during the game, and, and you know, that's, that's that competitive edge. And I, I think of uh, like Joey's brother Shane, love him to death, but anything we ever did, I'm trying to win. Oh, and, yeah. I, and he'll be listening, and I won most times. So I mean, <laughs> oh the, boy, yes, lo-
1: losing—he'll be here next week, probably. Losing
0: is not a—it's uh, just not an option ever. We, and 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 we're going to get after. It. You know, we're going to may come to blows during the game. We'll be buddies after, but its, it, it's and that's totally happened different. a few times. Yeah, it's, it's totally different than uh than now. I, I think that that the guys are, and I think part of it's social media. They're able to be yes. closer than ever before. Yes. I mean.
2: They had that reach. Yes. Like, it killed me whenever we coached, Joey. I know it killed you too. Yes. And I don't want I'm not, I'm not going to air anyone out, any of our kids out, but like they would be best friends and, and buddies in, and, in, and, and like, you know, we have social media. So we see you know, the tweets back and forth and I'm like, dog, they just beat us. And and you're trying to figure out like what the, what the plans are later or, or this weekend to hang out with a cat. Yeah. I, I I'm just wired differently. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, old school in that sense but the social media you're right it makes it your reach further you can reach out we had it in football bad um they, they would they weren't trying to be friends but they were calling they were trying to contact you to let you know like at 7 30 tomorrow night and they're they're sending this on a thursday i'm fixing to bust your head wide open on they would talk trash and it's right. just It was weird. It was just. It was just a. I guess it's just a different era. Yeah.
0: When I played, and even you know when you guys played, because it wasn't really social media wasn't like that really around then either. Right. But you knew the people you competed against, Mm -hmm. uh, so because you saw them on game night, but you weren't able to really be their friend because that's the only way you knew them. That's it. I mean, you you couldn't on the weekend. You weren't calling them from your house phone probably. But now the kids can follow each other on, on Twitter and stuff, so they communicate throughout the week. So there's almost like they have a relationship other than just the competition aspect Right. where everybody we play, we, we just saw them on the, the floor. Yeah. Um, I, my, my greatest compliment, and I was not a, a great basketball player, but I'll never forget. We played in a summer league and I was scrappy. I was five foot nine and and I had to do things that weren't always good. <laughs> but I, I did it. But we played in a summer league in Gainesville and uh, Dante Culpepper played at Ocala Vanguard. He was a six four point guard, and so we played each other several times. Well, I harassed him as much as I could. Yeah. Well, we come to uh, Richardson Community Center. We had a summer that used to have the Goodwill Games. They called it in May. Yep. Yep. And yep. so we're about to play Vanguard, and I guess he forgot. And it's right when you walk out for the jump ball, and everybody kind of walks around and shakes hands, and I'll never forget. I can picture it right now. I patted him on the butt as I walked by him, and he looked over his shoulder and looked down at me. And he said, God, is that crazy-ass white boy again? I said, that's right. And I got there for 32 minutes tonight. But it was the only only time we ever saw each other. But he remembered me because, you know, they may have won. But I was going to give everything I had and compete. And and that's the thing, like, you know, not that I'm comparing myself to Michael Jordan, but the competitive nature, everything you do, no matter who you're playing against, you're trying to win.
2: I agree. And, like, to your point, I think everyone listening – if you've ever competed in sports, you can relate to what you just said and what I'm about to say is, we've all been in a game or a moment, a place where we were outmatched. There was somebody better, physically talented. He had he had more skill than me, but because of what's in our chest or a heart or the competition, like I'm going to watch more film. I'm going to study. I'm going to know where the hell you're going to be. I was not fast at all by any means. But because I was smart enough, I was able to like read my keys and trust my coaches, and I was I will compete. I'll beat you to the football, and and like I think that's why I really love MJ. Is okay? He's God-given talent out of this world. He's a freak, but he will find any edge, any advantage, whether it be the weight room, whether it be working hard to get more shots up, whatever the case may be. He's a competitor, and that's why I think I respect him more, especially now because, like I said, this is all. This is new new to everyone, but it's really new to me and like the younger kids watching. Right, yeah, because I just didn't know. I did not know how deep that competition was with him.
1: So that's one of the things I've learned about Dennis Rodman. Because like I said, I was young too. Now I, I remember watching all this. I remember doing all this. But that's one of the things that I've learned about Dennis Rodman, especially in episode three was the amount that he studied film the, the like that how hard he worked like you, you see Dennis Rodman you're like man this freak show he just goes out there and does whatever the hell he wants because he's Dennis Rodman and whatever but you didn't like you didn't understand like the amount of time he put in to, to being the best defensive player in the NBA at that time maybe ever um and being one of the best rebounders in the history of the game like that that, that stuff you don't get to see and so seeing it on this, Man, it's, it's fun to watch because, I like I said, I didn't know that about Dennis Rodman. I didn't I would have never pegged him as somebody who watched as much film as he did and and went to the park and told his buddies, hey, you do this, you do this, you do this, and I'm going to go and do this, 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 and this on top of that. Like, that's just not something I'd have pictured Dennis Rodman doing.
0: Well, Jordan, he said, you know, one of the smartest players they ever played with. He understood the game, understood defensively, and they showed that little exchange on the bench oh. when they were talking about Jordan was talking about when that back screen comes – do this or I mean and they, he understood the game. Yeah. And has there has there ever been anybody in basketball that just uh embraced a role on the team? You know, he, he embraced being the re I'm gonna play I'm gonna rebound and play defense. Yeah. You know, he, he he scored very little. They they showed he was one of uh I saw him and Marcus Campy, I yeah. think are the only two that have had like multiple 20-plus rebound gains with zero points.
1: Yeah, he had seven. Camby had two, I think.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you get – and you think about it. You get 20 rebounds, you got to have an offensive rebound right under the basket to put that back That you're going to put back, oh, mean, yeah. That's my first thought, but he, all he cared about was the rebound. That's yep. all. And then they showed one one uh, highlight where Jordan and Robin both grabbed the rebound, <laughs> and they looked at each other, and Jordan finally lifted his hands up, okay, sure. I?
2: <laughs> no, I agree. I'm, I'm glad you brought up Robin. So – I always knew Rodman as the guy that wore the wedding dress. Right. The guy that had the crazy hair. Yep. The guy that hangs out with uh ooh,
1: Madonna. Madonna.
2: That Carmen part Electra. <laughs> yeah. Oh Carmen Electra, who looks better now than she did then. Crazy. Um who's the crazy dictator in uh South Korea or North Korea? Kim Jong Un, who's allegedly brain dead right now. It's um, irrelevant. That's irrelevant. Yeah, we're well, not, not going there. But, any, but I'll anyways, see you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. But he hangs out. I guess a relationship with that guy. Yeah. Like I, that's why I knew him as. So that like this episode, episode three, where they talk about Robin, it was unbelievable. I didn't realize he studied he studied angles. Whether he's that's what he was when he said, "Have my buddies go to the park and shoot." He was figuring out where the rebound was going to come, depending on the angle and the arc and. It was unbelievable. I didn't realize he was that type of player. Same. How did you? How do you feel about Rodman now after watching than he did previously?
1: Um, I feel that he's a hell of a lot smarter than I ever gave him credit for. Like I said, I just thought he was just a dude that was a psychopath that just played basketball. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize how technical he was and 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 how good at at his job as he was. Like I just didn't, I didn't know all that. So I, I'm I'm a much bigger. Dennis Rodman basketball fan now than I was then. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I remember him playing with the Pistons. I, I can remember watching those games. I knew he was good. Yeah. Um, one thing that really stood out to me was the change in his body. Other than wearing a wedding dress from, the, <laughs> from when he was with the Pistons and in the Bulls, yeah. you could see that it wasn't just you know Jordan that was in the weight room. I mean, and if you if you didn't notice it, go back yes. and, and look at those those uh, clips when he was a piston compared to when he was a bull, how much bigger and thicker he was. But I mean Rama was I mean, he was great on that the Detroit Pistons. And then, you know, when is a lot of things started happening at the end of in his personal life, I think, at the end of the Pistons and then with the Spurs. But, yeah. you know, he he was at the perfect place with Phil Jackson, who that and that's one thing. And, and you may mention it, they thinking back to the success they had, all right, six championships. But They've talked about that going into that last season, the last dance. How much stuff was going on with all of this? You got Dennis Rodman who is taking vacations for seventy-two hours in Vegas. (laughs) My favorite part, you know, Pippen who's holding out. You got, you know, your boss, the general manager, has said this is your last year. Yeah, whether you win eighty-two
1: games or not, it doesn't matter. You're gone,
0: and somehow Phil Jackson holds it all together. And they, you know, they haven't got to the, the win the title, but they win the title. Right. You know, so how, <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. So, how, but how he he was able to manage all of that, and the, the, I mean, that's that says a lot about Phil Jackson as a as a coach.
1: Yes, the absolute goat.
2: Absolutely. So you know, everyone's like, oh, Phil Jackson. He coached MJ. He coached Kobe. He coached Pippen. He had Shaq. Like he had all these great players. Yeah. What you just said. Do you realize how hard it is to them try and keep? I can't imagine how hard it was to try and keep that locker room together. I thought like the insight that we got of their meeting where he calls and MJ is like, "Yo, hey, Dennis, Dennis uh, has something to tell you." The <laughs> says, "I need a vacation." MJ is like, "Vacation." They remember, I need a vacation. Yeah. Like, but, and then did it and then they let it and then they let him go to Vegas for 48 hours or however long. It was supposed
1: to be forty. That was my probably my favorite part of the whole episode four was him talking about uh Oh my god. Say, you know he's not gonna be back in 48, right?
2: Yeah, you know he's no. not gonna be in 48. <laughs> and then he comes back and, and then they're talking about Indian run, whenever we'll Robin, they're trying to pace it, make sure Robin can finish. And yeah, try to get in shape. Yeah, Robin takes off. He's like, that's all he knew was wide open. Yeah, he always and that's one thing MJ gave him credit was like, yeah, he may go go on these sabbaticals where he goes off the deep end and he don't sleep or whatever, and then he's ready. To, he's he always was ready to play.
1: Yeah, it's excellent, crazy, man.
0: It was, it's he's he was special. Dennis was special. The whole team, man. It's it was. Uh... But I, that's one thing that really stood out to I me mean, was Phil Jackson just, you know, I, I knew he was a great coach. And then he goes on and went, what, five titles with the Lakers or something yeah. like that? So right. Yep. Um, <laughs> and sometimes your your most difficult coaching jobs are when you have the talent. When I was the basketball coach at Columbia, I think that my, my most talented team was probably the most difficult job I had because you have so much talent. And then how are you going to, everyone going to get, you know, touches? How, how's that all going to work? But somehow he was able to, Mesh it all together and everyone stay happy. And, you know, maybe it's Zen and doing yoga. They're showing right. it. it looks like they're doing yoga. <laughs> yeah. and, and he wasn't a bad player himself. I mean, he won titles as a player. The guy's, right. the guy's a winner.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a winner. He understands what it takes. I agree with you. Like, my hardest coaching job was in, what, 15 F- or 16? Yeah,
1: it was the 15 to the season, the 16 class, yeah.
2: Yeah, those guys, you're talking about keeping a group together, my God. I mean, unbelievable talent through the roof. But, whoo it was – coaching goes – and it was really, really good that it showed that it's more than X's and O's. It's more than having good players. You have to keep a locker room together. You have to – egos, getting touches, like making sure you're dialing up blitzes for everybody. I mean, it's – there's a lot. Phil Jackson deserves a lot of credit. And I think that this most recent episode did a really good job of showing what all (laughs) obstacles he actually had to overcome to have his team Ready to play, right. and then to play at that level—it was like I, I again. I said I said it once. I'll say it again. I had no idea how in depth. I just didn't know how much we were going to get from this documentary, but it has exceeded all expectations for me.
0: Well, Jerry Krause, you know, watching the, the the first episodes, I was so mad because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, I was a bull, I was a kid and loved the Bulls, and now I'm finding out you were the one you were wanting to bust this up before it happened. I mean, before that, that last championship. But mm-hmm. you almost have to step back, too, and say he was pretty good at his job, to his back. You know, wanting to bust him up, I didn't like that idea. But putting those pieces together yeah. and, and making it work. And uh, Phil Jackson, I mean, bringing him in as an assistant coach when he was coaching in some other country. And it yeah. was, I mean, and, hey, we're, we're going to hire this guy. And he, he came in looking like a hippie. And then they called him and said, hey, next time wear this. And <laughs> we're going to be able to hire you. But just seeing it and – and then, well,
1: also, and then firing Doug Collins. That was tough. after making what did he make the Eastern Conference Finals yes. that year? Yes. Yeah, and so you fire him after making the Eastern Conference Finals to hire Phil Jackson, and then Phil says, uh, "By the way, we're going to get Michael Jordan the ball less." Like, Excuse me.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, my, one of my favorite lines in that is when uh, they're trying to talk to Jordan about it, and they they there's no I in team, there's an I in win. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> so, Same. But,
1: Same. I. Um,
2: I've been thoroughly enjoying this. I can't wait till next week.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I mean, every Sunday now is like you know. It, it, obviously, we don't have sports right now, but like, it's just something to look forward to every Sunday. And it's it's I'm I, every Sunday I get more and more excited. Like I, throughout the week leading up to that Sunday, I've, I've gotten more excited each week. So I'm again, I'm pumped.
0: Well, before you, I know you guys are probably getting close to wrapping this, but I, I do want to have your get your thoughts on uh I'm turning to like the host. I'm asking the questions. I love. It. I like it. So. Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, the whole – and I remember when this happened, when the Pistons walked off the floor. Oh. When, they, when they walked off and, um, you know, I'll ask you guys and then I, I'll give my take on it. But what were your thoughts on how all that shook, shook out?
2: So I'll, I'll go. So me personally, I, re- I remembered watching um, – and, and again, I o- my only knowledge of this was the documentary. But I remember one thing that stuck out to me was when MJ shook their hands at the end after they had them beat the hell out of them right for the second series in a row now. And I remember thinking, damn, he's he's got some, not sportsmanship. He used the word sportsmanship, but like class respect, respect. for himself. Respect. Yeah. It was respect.
0: respect. It, it wasn't was, sportsmanship. It was exactly. respect.
2: It was respect. And so I was thinking, damn, that, that had to take a lot, because you know by this point, you know they're they're trying to help, hurt you. Hurt me. Maybe in my career, how you fall, you who knows what can happen. And he still went and shook their hand. So that sucked that had already stuck out to me. And so then whenever they said they, they walked off the court, I was like, oh, these guys are spineless. Like, you're a bunch of – I thought I said a bad word. You're a bunch of punks. Like, how do you not go shake that guy's hand after you have done what you did for the past two years and he just whooped your ass? You don't have any respect or class to go shake his hand and go, like, hey, you got us. You made it, man. You made it, yeah. You got us. Passed the torch. You didn't pass it. He took it. But that wasn't that – wasn't, you didn't have anything to say. He took it from you, and you still don't have the, the respect to – yeah, I hated it. I hated it, Trey. It, it pissed me off more than – out of everything on the whole show, that was the thing that,
1: that aggravated me the most. Um, ditto, and I don't need to add or say anything else.
0: Well, <laughs> I I agree. I was upset, but it, I enjoyed that they got to sit there and watch them walk right in front of them knowing, like – if I'm sitting on that bench, I'm like – yeah, walk off this floor because it's mine now. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. The, the thing that stands out, and, and you guys haven't watched the the dream team. You got to watch the dream team documentary. You got to yep. Google it, find it. It's amazing. But Isaiah Thomas, at, in '92, Isaiah was still one of the best players in the NBA.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He was not on the dream team. Yeah, yeah. He should have shook Jordan's hand after that game because
1: he would have been on the dream team.
0: Exactly, Michael yeah. Jordan. <laughs> it, it, you know. From what I've read and, and watched, it, it came down to Michael says, he's not playing with us. I love okay. it. I, so, I, okay, because you are. Yeah. Cause <laughs> out, you're, you're on the team still.
2: I love it. And, and that's why they showed him the uh, they handed him the iPad. This is why Isaiah said, he goes, you can say whatever you want. But
1: it, I love the fact that he called everything that he was going to say before he said it. That I, part was great yeah. to me.
2: And, I, and I, I do agree with what you said about how they got that. You know you're hurt. Like, you know, you're mad. We, I know, I know we have just, we just took it from you. We
0: ended you. Absolutely. That's it,
1: just as satisfying or maybe more, ex- it, more yeah. satisfying that way. For probably. them,
0: I think it meant more to watch them have to walk by. And you can almost see them looking at each other on the bench like, yeah, there they go. yeah, There they go. Yep. There they go. Yep. This is our show now. Yeah.
1: No,
2: I, I agree with that. That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that one. But uh, yeah, I thought it was gutless in my opinion for the Pistons point of view.
1: Right. Well, now that we're forty nine minutes into this thing, Woo. let's go ahead and get to uh, the NFL draft because that was that was a big uh, that was a big situation this weekend. Kind of the, the first real true live event. Yeah, big
2: time. I, uh, with the NFL draft, we talked about it a little bit. We've already kind of hit on last week not having an episode, but we did a little bit of pre like previewing.
1: Right. We nailed everything. We most certainly did. We did thirty two picks. We got every single one right. Everyone, trays and everything. Yeah, we got it was, it was <laughs> quite unbelievable, honestly. Uh,
2: really unprecedented, but you know, we'll see if we can get that aired. Um, <laughs> if we can find it, oh, we can't find it. But what I said may not be true.
1: But um, no, yeah, it's okay. the draft,
2: Joey. What are your um, what are your takeaways with the draft?
1: Um, first of all, I thought that ESPN did a really really good job of producing and and just moving everything around. I thought they did a really great job of that considering the, the circumstances and how everything was. I, it seemed like the GMs, the head coaches, everybody seemed to have a pretty good time with it. And, uh, and that's what everybody said for the most part that everybody had a good time with it. Um, I thought they were a little silly on talking about deaths in the oh. family and, and mothers on cocaine and, and stuff like that. Like some of that stuff you didn't really have to put on there. Terrible. Um, Hated that. Every time I saw Trey Wingo, I knew somebody was fixing to be dead. And that was like, come on, man.
2: I like Trey Wingo less and less now, man. I,
1: I've i always been a Trey Wingo guy. Like I really, I really like him, but uh, I, I was, I, I don't know. It just, I don't think it was him necessarily. I don't think he's the one that said, "Hey, let's talk no, about everybody die." Yeah, he was just, just he was just mouthpiece, the, right? Yeah, he was the mouthpiece. But uh, other than that, man, the, I thought the draft, like the way it went, I thought it was really smooth. I personally enjoyed it thoroughly because it was sports, and I love sports. I've never cared so much about the draft as I did this one. I think there was a lot of a lot of fans that way. A lot of because sports fans.
2: I know you always love the draft. I do. So like in fairness, you were, you would have been just as hype if there was sports every week, but. Like for me personally, I mean, there was no sports, Like I sat and watched every single pick on every round, and the second day as well. I mean, I I was like locked in. But yeah, I thought I thought ESPN did, you know, also did a great job of uh, of producing. That had to have been tough. Like he imagined, like how tough it would have had to have been to go from room to room. You know, there was delays, so like you didn't, you didn't get to see like real reactions and stuff like that. But I mean, right. Given the circumstance, I thought it wasn't very well done, and I don't really care for ESPN. No,
1: I, I mean, yeah, I dislike ESPN pretty, pretty bad. Right. I, I don't like them at all. But. Me either.
2: So, like, for me to compliment them, but you know, what's fair <laughs> is fair. Like, they did, they did a really good job with it, with the hand they were dealt. Exactly, I, I thought. Um, the only, the only other thing I wanted to get to was how drunk was Goodell towards the end of the night? In round? <laughs> 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 Listen, man, if you, if someone. Will look me in the eye and tell me that he did not have a glass of scotch or, or, or rum. No, he's a scotch guy.
1: He's got to be a scotch guy.
2: If he didn't have a glass of scotch on ice, on the rocks, behind camera, <laughs> I'm, I, I can't believe a word you're saying. There's no way he
1: did not. I'll be 100%, 100% honest. I was shocked that he didn't have it on camera. Like when he started sitting in the Lazy Boy, I just knew that he was going to have it on in his right hand and he was going to take a a little sip of it. I could respect it more. Oh, yeah. He's a very monotone individual. He
2: is. But dude, just have a little... (laughs) It it killed me, man. Yeah. Towards the end of the night. (laughs) That was so funny to me. (laughs) Like, obviously... uh, like the, the the part that's funny is i know that look
1: right like, that's exactly I, right i know that i
2: know that posture like i, I know where you're at big dog yeah but but i enjoyed it man. I, I thought they did a really good job
1: for sure um we talked on was it friday morning after like going into the second round yeah so the, the first round was thursday we talked friday morning about uh like specific landing spots for for mainly Cam Akers, because that was the only Florida State guy that was that was in, in, discussion, that yeah, point, in discussion. Yeah, in discussion of getting drafted. Um and we both we both agreed actually that mm-hmm. one of the LA teams was probably the best fit. And we both like the Rams yep. specifically. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold. Boom. And we we can post screenshots of that because that is in the text messages between the two of us. Yes. Um cam so, so, yeah, so makers to the Rams again, I know we talked about it, but how do you feel about that as a Florida State fan and a Cam Akers fan? And I'll talk about how I feel about it as a fantasy football fan, personally.
2: Yeah, no, I, I love it. Like, I, I, in the in our text, I was like, well, you know, that's most likely where he's going to go out of the two. Like, I'd prefer him to go, you know, to the Rams. I, I Is it weird that there's a bit of a, like a LA connection there now with Ramsey and then Cam Akers? And then there's another one. I can't think of his name right now. Uh Derwin's in L.A. as well. But right,
1: but he's a, a Charger. team. Yeah.
2: It's just crazy. Um, no, but I, their line, their offensive line isn't very good, but he's used to that.
1: It's not porous, though. It ain't like it's the bottom bottom 10 of the league. I mean, it's not the top 10. It's somewhere in that middle 10. Um, he'll be the day one back, right? I, I do believe so, yes.
2: I think he'll be the day one back. And he's a three-down back. Like, he catches the ball well in the backfield. I'm not saying they'll use him as a three-down back, but he could be a feature back.
1: Yeah, I think I think at the beginning of the year he will he will split time with both Malcolm Brown and uh, Daryl Henderson, okay, who they have some draft capital with as well or in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think by the end of the year it'll be it'll be Acres and and Henderson will be a a change of pace back, and then Malcolm Brown will be out of the picture altogether. I think I, I think it's I think it's Cam Baker's job for the foreseeable future.
2: I do too. I really I really do. And I, I think it's a pretty good fit. Like I mean. I do, I, I really, I really like it. I really like the pick. I would, um, I'd like to see him gone earlier, but whatever. It, it, we always wanted to see somebody go earlier, but where he went, he'll be able to get his second contract in a hurry because he'll get a lot of touches early. He, you know, he took a year off of college because he he came out early. So, no, I, the the key with the running back is trying to get the second contract.
1: That's it. It's hey. a
2: race to the second contract. Yeah,
1: hopefully he gets it early, like in the first, probably three years, the third year. Yeah. If he can get to then end, then you know, like you said, it's a race to the second contract. Then man. anything
2: else is is gravy. At right, That's
1: exactly know? right. Yeah,
2: you know, if they'll move on from Todd Gurley with Devontae Freeman, those type of running backs, they will move on. It's a
1: running back it's, always. Yeah. So
2: so that's why that's what we mean when we say like race to the second contract. Like that's where you become financially stable on the second deal. So no, it's just cool as hell, man. I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, he got a raw end of the deal at Florida State. And he committed. He was a five star out of high school. I mean, he committed to a program that had three bad offensive lines in three years. The stat yeah. today was he had like 1,100 yards last year, which is a miracle. I can't believe he had that many.
1: Especially when you hear the next part of the stat. Yeah.
2: 900 of them.
1: Came, plus, 900 plus. Yeah,
2: 900 plus came after contact. Again, I'll say that again. 900 plus of his 1,100 yards came after contact. That's unfathomable. Like That's crazy. <laughs> is that real? Like
1: Oh, it's definitely real.
2: No, I know it's real because I've seen it happen.
1: That's that's why I said from, from the very beginning, like it there was no question in my mind that Cam Akers is the best running back of the twenty for twenty NFL draft class.
2: Easily for me. Like Easily I think me.
1: Jonathan Taylor's pretty damn good. He's and good. I,
2: I didn't realize he was that fast. Yeah, he's I I I I um I think in last week oh, it never aired. <laughs> I didn't yeah. slander that guy. <laughs> But I did say like uh, he plays in the Big Ten. Right. They're all slow.
1: No, he's, yeah, he, he's he
2: plays behind the best offensive line in the college football. That's like,
1: that's what you said, yeah.
2: But I didn't like slam that him. last part. Yeah, he he has the best offensive line. That's I a just fact. watched Cam with the worst offensive line. That that's a true statement. Right. And so, yeah, give me give me Cam. I didn't realize he was four three seven. Like I didn't
1: I didn't know he was two hundred thirty pounds around like that. Yeah, no, he's – Jonathan Taylor's a special – I think he's a special cat. I yeah, really that's, do. That's crazy. Um, and I think those two are, are one and two, and it's really uh, not – I think Dobbins is actually a, a – Three? He's three, but he's a close three. And then Swift is four for me. I, I'm not a Swift fan. I don't think he's all that great. I don't think he's terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm, no, not, no, saying, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not he's – It's all
2: relative to what we're talking about.
1: Right. I, he's just – to me, like, there's two, and then there's Dobbins, and then there's Swift, and then there's everybody else after that.
2: Yeah, I would say – I would feel more comfortable saying there's a tier with uh, – Acres and Taylor, and then you can rank the rest of them how you want.
1: Yeah, I, I can appreciate that.
2: So, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm ha- to answer your question. I was long winded. Acres to LA. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm really happy with that. I'm happy yeah. for the kid. Yeah, because he had such a shitty hand dealt at Florida State. He didn't know it was gonna be that bad. Starting left tackle beat his girlfriend, got kicked out of school. Left guard had like a career ending like a concussion thing. And then um, Dickerson transfers to Alabama. So, like, three-fifths of his offensive line that he signed with. Gone, gone. Gone, gone. And then they replaced him with trash. So,
1: good for him. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, The Gators had some guys drafted. Uh, C.J. Henderson went ninth overall to the Jaguars. I know you weren't a big fan of that.
2: I think it was a little bit early. But, I mean, we'll see how good he is. I know he's good. I know he's good. So, I'm not taking away from his game. He can play corner for sure. Um, I don't know.
1: I personally think it was a good fit for the Jaguars. I, if you're going to take a cornerback there, I think he was the best cornerback available. So I'm okay with that. I don't think the receiver was a necessity at that point. I don't. I just don't think it was. Um, when you got DJ Chark as your as your number one, you have D.D. Westbrook who's going to be a good slot receiver, and then you have you know you took Chenault, um a little while after after that. That's
2: pretty good value with him, though.
1: Yeah, and then they took uh, they took Chazon, right?
2: Oh, I like him.
1: With their second pick, oh, yeah. which is basically Yannick Ngakwe replacement. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's all. That's that's uh, he's Yannick Ngakwe to a T. Whenever Ngakwe came out of Maryland, like, it's the same exact guy, literally. Except Chazon's probably a little bit more of a, a he's, seasoned, he's more polished. Player. Yeah, he's there. Sure. You go, polished. That's that's a better he,
2: word. That that sob can get after the passer.
1: Yeah, so he's uh,
2: no. I think that's a great. I, I love the Chazon pick. I wasn't crazy about the C.J. Henderson pick, but. But, but I am totally okay with being proven wrong.
1: Yeah. uh, And I I don't, again, I don't, I don't know that he's the greatest cornerback in the world. I don't study cornerbacks. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But he, uh, from what I've seen, I I think he's going to be okay.
2: You know, one thing I hate about cornerback, like, um, this is me getting my coaching pedestal here. So here, here I am. You can knock me off if you'd like. (laughs) You're good. Go ahead. But one thing I hate about, like, cornerback rating like pro football focus or like pick six whatever type of metric you want to use right if you don't know the coverage and you don't truly know what their responsibility was it is absurd to me to say he gave up zero touchdowns on the year yeah i watched him in trail position get three caught on him or you know whatever tomorrow and caught 179 yards but was that on him? Like, I don't know that. I have no idea. He might have been a cover three corner. He might have been a flat, a cover two corner where he was sitting in the flats. Unless you know the call, how can you say somebody gets beat? Yeah. It's, and this is actually to his credit, like Henderson's credit. Like, you know, Tamori and Terry had, I think he had like, he was the only player that did the damn thing that day, but he had, he had a good numbers against Henderson, if you will. And I'm doing air quotes right now. But, how many times was he one on one on an island with Henderson? Like, no, you don't necessarily know whether Henderson was a flat defender or whether he was a. It, it just aggravates. It's not just him, but it's just right. it just because you see these stats. Like, um, I'm not gonna say anyone else's name because I don't have the the stats in front of me, but he gave up one catch uh, for 150 yards on the year in single coverage. Yeah, so that's bullshit. Yeah stop that like, right stop that's ridiculous or or what was it what was the circumstances was it were they up by 28 because when i put roger Cray on the boy that went to um notre dame notre dame roger begged me to press him i said Roger, we're up by 28 we're not letting this kid from first goes run by us like he's yeah he can do that roger like no coach let me press him let me press him i said no hell no because if he runs by you they can get back in the game in a hurry i would not allow him to do it i made him play cover three he, Roger wanted to lock him up, and for the most part of the game, when it was close, right, I let him, right. But when it was, we, not that we're playing conservative. I'm not a conservative guy, but I'm not I'm not a dumbass either. <laughs> so the guy caught like four balls on Roger on the last drive. He had like he had so his stat line was like four for fifty five. He did not have a touchdown, but like four for fifty five. So, but
1: but in reality, he got locked up all game. You no, know, you
2: got you were a non factor. So like my point on all this is that whole like you use the stats how you how you choose to use them it just irritates the shit out of me because you can you can make the numbers read however the hell you want to read no it. i feel you on that chase he caught a touchdown pass on uh cj henderson i know for sure but according to the stats that came out pro cj never had a touchdown pass caught him on all year or something or that there was only one like in jeffrey okuda i know he's a i know he's good by the way he's my favorite corner in in a long time yeah primarily because of his story but his game is unbelievable but you never had like you never in three years in college you never had a touchdown car on you i saw that somewhere floating around like, that's crazy
1: yeah i don't know like, yeah i'm just, with you i'm
2: saying i don't have it in front of that that's what, if you play corner they say that defensive backs have to have a short memory because you're going to get beat sometimes yeah
1: yeah that's part of it
2: that's part of being a defensive back you have to have a short memory So to say that you've never been beat, it's just irrational as shit to me. I didn't mean to get on a tangent here, but yeah, you're good. It's just ridiculous. Like C.J. Henderson can play corner; he's very good. But to say that he's never had, you know, he only had one touchdown caught on him all year. I'm like, I've seen you trail like a handful of receivers in the end zone, whether or not that was your responsibility or not. I don't know, but yeah, I just didn't like the pick by the Jags at that point.
1: And that's fine. I um I do remember uh, the the LSU game and Jamar Chase, and I do think that Jamar Chase caught a touchdown on on CJ, but I know like man up one on one, like Jamar Chase did very little in that game when CJ was on him.
2: I saw I saw there was one clip. He he ab- may have been against um, Justin Jefferson, maybe he abused him. He absolutely did not let him off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so like he can play. It, it, Anyone that says that CJ Henderson can't play is ridiculous. Is he a first round corner? Absolutely. Is he a top ten? Eh, we'll see. We'll right. see. That's the we'll beauty of this whole thing. We'll see. Yeah. Because he'll have his chance in Jacksonville. He'll be a day oh, one he's, starter. Yeah, he's
1: everybody. a day one starter right now. Absolutely.
2: Uh, and and he should be. He's good as hell, man. People that say he's not good, <laughs> go to hell. You're 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 wrong. Like you're wrong. Yeah. Just when he starts talking about top ten pick, like that's um. Uh, eh. I mean, if I'm a Jaguar fan, I would maybe hope they trade back a little bit. But if you like him, he's your guy. Right. I don't, did CJ want to go to Jacksonville? I have no idea. I saw, like, again. The, I mean, I,
1: I, I'm sure at that point it doesn't really matter. Who cares? Hell right. yeah. The
2: answer is probably hell yeah. Yeah. Eight
1: overall? Hey, me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, other Gators that were that were drafted relatively early. Van Jefferson was, was the next Gator drafted to mm-hmm. L.A., which – I love. Yeah, we're gonna be Ram fans. I love it.
2: I I'll think that's a here great fit for him.
1: With you, I'll be here every Sunday. Yeah,
2: Dante Fowler too, right? They do. Yeah.
1: No. Yes. Did they yeah. resign him?
2: I think he's still there. He's
1: I can't he remember. Knows. He his contract was up. I do know that much. I'm hundred percent sure on that.
2: Ooh, I don't know then. He and uh, Ramsey were were buddies.
1: I think Fowler went to Atlanta.
2: Damn, that's gonna suck. I think you're right. Actually, now.
1: Reunited with Dan Quinn, I'm pretty sure. Um, anyways, uh, from him, uh, how about this? Was this confused me? And I think we text this um, possibly, but I didn't know what you're going to say. Yep. But uh, the Jets taking um, Jabari Zuniga. Mm. Yep. After a year, after taking Jakai Polite and then cutting him, yeah, in the third round, they then take Zuniga, which is another Gator defensive lineman. I, I was just surprised at, at the situation there.
2: I was too, but I will again. I'll let you tell a story about Mr.
1: Uh, Jabari. Um, I mean, no, we, yeah, I mean, you you called that way before everybody else. You knew he was a player a long time ago. Yeah, he was a freshman, I believe, when I saw him first. Red shirt,
2: but yeah, a red shirt freshman at practice. Yeah, Shane took me and Brock down there primarily for uh, Brock to check out the baseball stuff. I believe probably or something something along those lines. But <laughs> that kid flashed. You yeah. know what I say? Somebody flashes. He was good. He was good. Good. He was injured last year, though. A lot of the. A year. lot of the year, yeah. Yeah. No, I. I mean, he was a better player than Jaka, Jakai Polite. I watched both of them on the field at the same time, and the fresher freshman, who was, nobody knew, was better. I was like, yeah. I texted you after that you practice. Did. I said that whoever ninety two is is a bad boy. You did. He's gonna be trouble. But yeah. um, I, I like the pick. By, yeah, by, I think by the th- I think they're getting a good player. I think they're getting a good player, really good player. As long as we can stay healthy, which was his only thing. That hindered him this year, right? When he played and he was healthy, oh, he was hell. Yeah. Now let me. Why did Jonathan Grenard go so late?
1: Um, I mean, he still he went earlier than I anticipated him going. Actually, where would he go? Fourth like, round? I think it was like late third. Oh, it, okay, that's not bad. That. Yeah, no, it, I it wasn't it was like fourth or fifth. No, it was it was late third. It was day two.
2: Houston Texans, right?
1: It was. It was the Texans. Yes. Yeah. They got a good players too. I, I agree. He, should,
2: he went after uh, Jabari Zuniga. He did. Right? Yes. Yeah. No, I don't agree with that. But I,
1: it was weird to me that the whole process that Grenard was kind of an afterthought, not really somebody that uh um that people liked. I don't know my,
2: my only thing thought process would be like, are you a are you a free down lineman in the NFL? right, no you're you're like you're a specialist. Are you physical enough to do what like von Miller does? Probably not. yeah no. Yeah. So if you're not that, then then you're like a situational guy. Leonard Floyd, how he kind of panned out long, lanky.
1: Yeah, I can appreciate that, but Leonard Floyd was a first rounder.
2: Yeah, but he hasn't panned out. No, yeah. That's my point. No, I mean, I, I know. A, you can't you can't take a guy like that in the first round because that's what you're gonna get. Yeah. You, he's a he's a uh, situational guy, so
1: yeah. And then the only other one of, of relevance uh for Florida was LaMichael P. Ryan to the Jets, which I think was a great fit for him personally. Yeah. What um, about
2: um Freddie Swain?
1: Oh, Freddie Swain to Seattle. I think that's a good fit too. Honestly, it's really good. He's I like really a, do. I think he he's reminds, got a chance to play.
2: He reminds me of like a Doug Baldwin.
1: Similar, yeah. yeah. Sneaky, athletic. Yeah, uh, it's just going
2: to get open. Yeah, he nothing. Will catch
1: the ball. Nothing flashes. No, but he does everything really pretty good. He reminds me of Doug Baldwin. That's that's a that's a really good comparison. Look at you. Hey, I'm on it, man. Yeah, I, I think, and like I said, I think he has a legitimate chance to to earn some playing time early in his uh, in his career.
2: I do too. I think Florida misses him this year. I think he did a lot of things that are, like unsung almost.
1: Did like, we talk about that last week? I when, think we did.
2: Ah, oh, that sucks. We talked. We yeah, we had some pretty good stuff last week.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I think they miss. I, mean, I think they miss uh, Swain and Hammond.
2: Yeah, and we obviously and, know and Van. Jefferson. Yeah, because yeah, I mean Jefferson, he, he's a no
1: brainer. He's such a God. He's what such a crisp route runner from
2: Ole Miss. Was he? My God. Oh, grad transfers aren't supposed to work. Or was he a grad transfer? He wasn't a grad transfer. But it was because of everything that happened. Old Miss right. program. He was able to transfer without in, penalty. An immediate. Yeah. Time. Almost like it's a grand transfer, but immediate <laughs> transfer like man, they're not supposed to work out like that
1: no nah, he was he was a really, really good guy that wide receiver room at Florida is going to be uh they're they're missing some guys next year
2: yeah they are missing but you, you you signed you recruited well, so agreed, but not not enough to cover up that all that in year one in my opinion
1: I agree with that as well did anybody did anything surprise you in the draft anything? Um, I'll tell you this. What surprised me. and you know, What it, surprised you? What surprised me was uh, Green Bay moving up in the first uh-huh. round to take Jordan Love. I mean, I talked about it last week, even though you didn't get to hear it. Jordan Love was my favorite quarterback in this draft. Um, I really, really love the guy. Um, <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, boo. Boo. Um, I do. I, I think he's going to be great, but like, you just can't pick a worse fit to me mm-hmm. than that fit Literally. and especially for that team who really truly needed playmakers at the wide receiver position
2: you know how many touchdown passes Aaron Rodgers has to a first rounder zero one Mercedes Lewis
1: Mercedes Lewis was a first rounder, he was, a first
2: rounder. was a first rounder but not not by the Packers not by the Packers a absolutely not yeah,
1: yeah Devontae Adams was either a second or a third rounder yeah Aaron um, Rodgers
2: had in his career his mm-hmm. career in the history of playing with the Green Bay Packers has one touchdown pass to a first-rounder, and that is uh, Mercedes Lewis. Do you know
1: how many tight end running back receivers they've drafted in the first round since uh, Aaron Rodgers has been there? Uh-uh. Zero. It's hard to throw to a, fir- uh, a touchdown to a first-rounder when they haven't drafted one.
2: My God, that's unbelievable.
1: Right? I, like, I just, but so you move up to go take a... His replacement.
2: Yeah, his replacement. That's ultimate disrespect. It really is. It really is. I don't care what you say. Uh, front office has to do that. Okay, <laughs> if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm saying, hey man, we're gonna play as long as we can here. But I'm telling my agent, you better get me the hell out of here. I had I had enough. I mean, yeah,
1: I just I'm with you. I didn't understand it at all.
2: If you don't want to commit to me, sign somebody on the defensive side of the ball. You know I me, mean? or, or 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 make a if you don't want to if you don't want to commit to me, then sign uh, something else. But by taking a quarterback where you did, you are not only not committing to me, but you are essentially, like you said, replacing me. Like, you're showing me your hand. You can't play poker right now. I know. You just you just showed me what right. we're doing.
1: And, so, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't strike me as the type that's going to mentor anyone.
2: He No, no, no. No, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, I mean, he may. I don't know. But he doesn't strike me as that type. I don't know. I just, and then in the second round, they took A.J. Dillon, which, I mean, I, I don't mind A.J. Dillon, but. Nope, you don't need not a running needed, back there. Not in the NFL. You just don't need a running back there. Nope. Totally so I, I don't know. I, I thought they were. Imagine what,
2: what they could have gotten with that pick in the first round. Like, if you're going to move up, go ahead and move all the way up and go get a player.
1: Right. I, I mean, know. at that time, there was only three receivers off the board, so you still could get T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson. You know, there's there's guys out there that you could that you could have taken. Absolutely. And you took Jordan Love, which again, I love Jordan Love. I think he's going to be great, but, but the fit. But the fit is just a, a terrible fit for the kid and for the program. Like the franchise and the the, the player don't mesh. Not a good fit for anybody. So, totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Brad.
2: All right, sitters, this will be it for tonight. This has
0: been Douglas along with Joey Edge and Chris Martinez, and we are Front Porch Sitting. See you next time, sitters.